Hey guys, it's Matt and Heather with the Joyful Family Podcast, and we're so excited to be here today. You know, we get a lot of questions about sex and intimacy. It's one of the top questions that we get through this ministry. And so we're going to start a several-part series through our podcast, just addressing some of the questions that we've gotten um, and give some insight in that area. Yeah, and this topic is, for some people, it's a really tricky subject. There's some people that this is the best part of their marriage, and, and there's some people that this is actually a very painful subject because there's some sort of disconnect or uh, or dysfunction and um, we want to cover a lot of ground uh, the next couple of weeks but today is just kind of laying some groundwork and just talking about just kind of what is sex in a marriage what does it look like uh, not what it looks like but you know well what is it that God intended it to be um, and then the difference between sex and intimacy and I think that is what, when a, a marriage becomes disconnected, you know, sexually, it's a lot of times because the intimacy is broken down emotionally, and then it leads to physical uh, distance as well. But I think it's important just to start things off with understanding there is a difference between sex and intimacy. Um, you know, sex is just purely biological. It is something that meets a physical need. Um, it is something that doesn't have to have an emotional connection. There's people that, that have sex all the time that means nothing to them. They just do it because it feels good. Um, that's not what God intended for marriage. Marriage, in, in the way that God intended it, it says in Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 24, that a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and they become one flesh. And what that's talking about, yes, physically, you do come together as, as one flesh. Your body is actually in the most beautifully intimate way possible, become one. But there's an intimate connection that happens where your souls almost become tethered together. And you literally become one married unit. You have two separate individuals that become one couple. Me and Heather are very different, but we are one as a couple. We are a married unit. And so the intimacy of of sex is what we really want to focus in on today and understanding that intimate connection um and one of the things that we have to make sure that we understand is physical intimacy doesn't happen without emotional intimacy emotional intimacy is the foundation that physical intimacy is tied or is built upon um, you have to be very connected with your spouse emotionally before you can ever hope to thrive physically if that makes sense and so we can talk a little bit about pursuing your spouse emotionally having what is it to have an emotional intimate or emotionally intimate marriage what does that look like and so uh, one of the ways is just understanding your spouse's emotional needs um, we always joke around with guys it's like you know if, if you want to have a romantic evening with your spouse start by doing the dishes start by meeting their need be present in the home be part of their life listen to the conversations and what you're doing is you're building an emotional connection because no one ever wants to feel used. No one ever wants to feel like the only reason that they exist is to please someone else. Uh, my wife wants to know that I'm emotionally invested in her well-being and her interest in what she likes and what she doesn't like. And it's one of those things that we have to just go out of our way to communicate with our spouse. I, I care about you more than I care about what you do for me. I care about you as a person not just what we can do in bed and so from a guy standpoint and i had to draw some stereotypes because you know this is not always as clean cut as guys versus girls but guys if you want to have a thriving um physical side of your marriage you have to make sure that your emotional side is, is connecting or is thriving as well you have to invest 
in your relationship with your spouse. You have to do the things that make her feel emotionally connected with you because when you do that, it opens up the door to where she's more willing to be physically connected with you, if that makes sense. And so I think that's the foundation for, for what we're talking about is what is emotionally intimate, what does emotional intimacy look like? And, and Heather, what is it for a, a girl? How do you pursue your, your husband emotionally? What does, that, what does that mean? What does that look like? I think it's connecting even throughout the day. You know, it's putting in the work, sending text messages, going on date nights, putting, having that time together where it's not just a busy day and then at the end of the night you expect there to be sex. Well, you haven't even really talked throughout the day. How are you going to just go from point A to point B? And a lot of times, you know, we have to we have to do the work throughout the week and connect with each other and spend time together and know our spouse because who wants to be intimate with somebody that you hardly know like you're a roommate that that's not going to achieve what you're looking for and so spending time together you know we date every single week we spend we put each other as a priority in our in our life he's my second priority god first matt second and so we spend time together and i pursue him you know hold his hand my husband's love language is touch it's the back scratches and scratching his head and holding his hand those things those are the things that lead up to a better sex life because I'm putting in the work throughout the week. Yeah, and it's one of the most amazing things that we've ever done, and it meant so much to me. So last year we had the chance to go to Atlanta, and when we were there, I noticed that the Braves were in town, and I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan. I used to I had season tickets to the Texas Rangers whenever we lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. My oldest son is named Nolan after Nolan Ryan. Um, I snuck in. Uh, one of my uh, twins, his middle name is Maddox after Greg Maddox. My wife didn't find that, that out of, you know, it's a couple of years afterwards. But I, I liked that. the name, so it was okay. Yeah, stuck that in there. But when we were at Atlanta, I noticed the Braves were in town. And so I asked, hey, can we stay an extra day and go to the Braves game? And I've always wanted, um, I grew up as a Rangers fan, but I've always liked the Braves. Um, me and my grandfather uh, well, would always talk about Greg Maddox and some of the, those pitchers and stuff. And so it meant something to me. And so my wife was a trooper. She went, she put a smile on her face, and we, we sat in these really cool seats right in the middle of the July sun in Atlanta, and it was hot. We, it was, we were sweating, but you know what? I had my bag of peanuts, and I got to watch the, the Braves, and we didn't stay for the whole game, but I knew that she was sacrificing because there's a lot of other things my wife would have rather been doing, doing at that time versus uh, watching a baseball game. And that, that built so much, I guess, emotional equity into our marriage because I knew that she did it just for me. She, she was willing to play along. And it's, it's those little things like that. It's those, those foundational that they become the bedrock of your marriage. And I know that she cares more about me than what I do for her. And it's whenever you have that very fundamental foundation, it opens up the door for the physical side of it. Yeah, it's prioritizing your spouse. You know, there are gonna be things in your marriage that you necessarily don't want to, you know, I don't I don't really love to go to baseball games, but I did, because he loves it. It's something that he loves, and so, you know, sometimes it's doing things that you don't wanna do just to prioritize your spouse, you know? And so, it could be a restaurant that maybe it's not your favorite food, or 
whatever the case may be, but sometimes it's just showing them, hey, I love you, let's go do this together. It's spending time together. Maybe your husband likes to play golf. Go go out on the um, golf course with him and play a few rounds or whatever they are. I'm not a golf person, but. Well, we have a friend that um, her husband's passion is hunting and she went and into the um, deer stand with him and then ended up loving it and they connected and it was awesome. Um, but what we're talking about is an intentional marriage. And you have to have that intentional emotional connection, but that can't stop there. You have to, and what Heather just mentioned a few minutes ago is God first, spouse second. And that includes sex. That includes physical intimacy. You have to be intentional about that. And the trap that we live in, in a very busy culture that's literally, we try to squeeze every ounce out of every day as if we're so busy with work and hobbies and friends and and picking up the kids from school, taking them to school, doing dinner, all the things. And by the end of the day, we're exhausted. The kids are in bed and you just lay down and you're so depleted and you have nothing left to give your spouse. And what that tells your spouse over time is that they aren't as a big of a priority as everything else. Now, understand that there's going to be seasons where life is gets hectic. But I'm talking about something that lasts for weeks and months and, and goes on and for years where you slowly drift apart because you're not intentionally making time for each other sexually. And what does that mean? That means, okay, there's going to be a one or two nights a week that we're putting the kids to bed early um, and, and saying, okay, that you know, we're going to watch uh, maybe her favorite show or something, but just kind of calm the evening down and then set time aside for each other. We schedule, not really schedule like clockwork, but it's like, okay, we know that this, we're going to save some of the best of us for our spouse. We're not going to come to bed that night just wiped out because we know that there's there's something else waiting for us. And so you have to be very intentional about this. You don't luck into a healthy marriage. You don't accidentally just wake up one day and find yourself just with a thriving marriage. You have to every day, every week, every month, take the steps to, to make it happen. And that is you have to pursue each other sexually. You have to make sex a priority. You have to flirt constantly. You have to you have to do all of the things, the love notes, the cards. You know, so many times we we spend. I, I remember I chased Heather like crazy when we were dating. I went broke buying uh, little gifts, and uh, I wrote my hand. My hands got sore from all the love notes we I wrote, and just all. I mean, I went out of my way to shower her with love and the pursuit of her love. And then when we get married, we stop that for some reason, and we have to continue to do the things that got us married. We have to maintain. What does that look like? How do you, how do you how do you you know keep that flame alive? Well, you keep the flame alive by doing the work, by pursuing your spouse. And a lot of it too is communicate. You have to be able to communicate about sex. And a lot of times in the church circles and in the Christian circles, it's such a taboo subject. You know, we grow up. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. Your entire life, and then you get married one day. And you're supposed to flip the switch and now it's okay and you can talk about it and all's well. Well, having that type of mentality towards sex, it really has distorted a lot of people as they've gotten older and gotten married because that was that was us. The church, you know, they taught don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And they never talked about it into a positive and taught a healthy relationship with it. And so when I got married, I could not talk about sex to save my life. It was uncomfortable. It was like, he's like, you're such a child. Yes, I know. I, I can't. I've been raised that you you just don't discuss this. And so 
you have to communicate. You have to be willing to sit down and say, you know, okay, have those tough conversations um, and put all that aside because it is okay to talk about God created sex for your marriage. And so that took a long time for me to get over just because of the way that the church presented it to me as a child. Yeah, and if you, just, for lack of a better word, strip everything down, God made our bodies to be pleasing to each other. Um, there's a reason why sex is such a big deal because it feels amazing and God made the female body to be very attractive to the male body and vice versa. And so we have to take the shame out of sex. We have to take all of those, you know, all the things that, you know, and I have kids. I have well, six kids. I don't want them going down this road before they're married. And so it's a hard balance between talking about, hey, this is going to be amazing one day, but don't do it. And so... In error, we will sometimes focus on the don't, 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 don't. And one of the biggest lies or tricks that Satan has ever done is from the world standpoint, standpoint, sex is just free for everybody. If it feels great, do it. There's no self-control. But for the church, it's wrong and it's forbidden and it's taboo and you can't do this and never has to, has to be all, you know, and it's so rigid. And that is the exact opposite of what God intended sex to be like. He intended it to be this beautiful thriving part of your married relationship and uh, we sometimes carry this shame or this baggage of shame with it and that's not what God intended and so having those conversations and it's hard talking about sex with your spouse because it's one of the most vulnerable really intimate conversations you can ever have is talking about sex and you have to embrace the awkward you know what if what if I don't do it the way that she likes? Or what if she's not? You have all of these things that you have to deal with in your mind. And you have to, okay, like, I, stop being a child. This is a, you're in an adult relationship. Act like it and talk about it and just deal with stuff. And if you don't, you never grow together. And if you don't, it's always going to be awkward. And it's always going to be something that carries a little bit of shame unless you address it. And you take all of the junk out of it. And just say, hey, let's have a conversation about this. What do you like? What do you don't like? Is there something I can do different? Do you like to, do you want more romance? Do you want, when you do that, it takes all of the assumptions out of the equation and you actually can figure out how to make your sex life better. You know? Yeah, so this week, we want you to go and have those conversations with your spouse. Sit down and just have a raw, vulnerable conversation. And talk about it because that's going to change everything for you. And so make sure that you're communicating. That's your homework for the week. Absolutely. And so uh, we'll you know, pick up next week kind of where we left off with some things that, that can kind of hurt your, uh, your intimacy with your marriage. But let this week just be that, you know, take that leap of faith. Trust your spouse. Have that conversation. Have that, it may be awkward, but just say, hey, how do we make it better? You, you could be having the most amazing sex of your life, but what if it could be even better? and but maybe you're struggling and maybe it's broken and and you're frustrated and sit down and hey, let's talk about this um in a loving and and um compassionate way and so like i said that's the homework um and then we also we have some exciting things coming up there's some amazing stuff happening um there's a summit that is kicking off on the 7th of february um it is and if you go go check out natandgav.com it's an amazing couple from Australia that they're, there's a, a, a family and marriage summit that they're kicking off on the 7th. It's free. It's got some speakers from around the world. We are actually one of the people that they've interviewed for this. And so I'm extremely thrilled about that. And so go check that out. It's free. 
Um, it's, it's something that you, it'll just, it's investing in your relationship. And so don't miss that. Yeah. And then on Sunday nights, we have launched a marriage and family class on Zoom. And we started last week. It is not too late to join us. It was a lot of fun. People from all different places, um, all connecting together to talk about marriage and family. It is completely free. Just message us on, either on social media or you can email us matt at a joyfulfamily.com and we will get you that link sent over. It's Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time. And so it's a lot of fun. It's a great place to ask questions and just learn from other couples. And so come and join us every Sunday night. Yes. And like I said, we will pick up next week with more details. But in the meantime, do the homework. Have a great week. Let this week be the best week of your marriage, and we will talk to you next week. Yes, if you have any prayer requests, be sure to send those in to us too because we love to pray over you guys, and we'll talk to you soon.